Whitlam Institute exists to help in the great and continuing work of building a more equal, open, tolerant and independent Australia. I do not for a moment believe that we should set limits on what we can achieve together for our country, for our people, for our future. Welcome to the Whitlam Institute podcast. My name is Leanne Smith and I'm director of the Whitlam Institute. This podcast was recorded on the land of the Darug people of the Darug Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders, past and present, and express the Whitlam Institute's support for the Uluru Statement of the Heart. This podcast series was produced under our policy theme, Australia in the World. And this particular podcast series, The Future of Australian Foreign Policy Toward Afghanistan Post-Military Withdrawal, Afghan Perspectives, was designed as a series of conversations with Afghan political, academic and community leaders. It was intended for an audience of Australian policymakers as well as the general community with an interest in Afghanistan and Australia's role there. In light of the recent military withdrawal of US, Australian and other international forces from Afghanistan, and as the Taliban has continued to gain control of territory and attack communities across the country, the Institute seeks to raise awareness in Australia and beyond of the situation in Afghanistan today. We are grateful that several Afghan experts in Afghanistan, New York and here in Australia have been part of this production. There's an important conversation to be had here about Australia's moral responsibility to continue to support the Afghan people as they face this terrible new reality. What are Afghans across the country, and particularly vulnerable ethnic groups, facing today? How are women's rights being affected? What do Afghans seek from the international community to support them? And how can Australia be a part of that international effort? This next interview in the series is with Fawzia Kufi, Afghan politician, member of the peace negotiations with the Taliban, and former head of the Afghan National Assembly. Fawzia speaks with me about how villages and cities have fallen to the Taliban, the role of the Afghan National Security Forces and their need for support, the failure of the peace negotiations and the impact of what's happening on girls' education and the role of women in Afghanistan. I hope you learn something and you gain something from listening to what Fawzia has to say. At the time of publishing this podcast, she was trapped in Kabul, um, unable to leave and in a very difficult situation. I'm incredibly grateful to her for speaking with us. So Fazia, to start off, I wanted to ask you, as one of the very few women involved in the recent peace talks with the Taliban, um, how do you feel about what's happening in Afghanistan now? Thank you very much, Julian. It's so uh, good to reconnect with you after many years. First of all, let me also appreciate and recognize the support that the Australian government and different institutions have provided to the people of Afghanistan and to the government of Afghanistan. We know that, that your military actually worked in one of the most difficult provinces in Aruzgan province, which was a very difficult area. You have had uh, supported girls' education, empowerment of women, which I'm aware of it. In terms of the peace talks, yes, um, I am a member of the negotiation team with the Taliban. I was in Doha for almost 10 months. I have returned to Kabul just to you know, mobilize some uh, support and, and be with the people, and particularly with the people of my constituents, Badakhshan, which lately has 
kind of most a part of it fallen into the hands of Taliban. These are difficult times. My hometown, a lot of villages actually fall to the hands of Taliban. And the way that they fall were unfortunately very uh, sad. And in some places, the Taliban actually went one day or two days later. So the takeover was in a very strange way because it happened under a very weak morale. Uh, there were many reasons, but the main reason was that the morale of our security forces were very weak. So the day that actually Americans left Bagram Air Base, most of these uh, security forces left their bases and went to Tajikistan in those border areas, which was very strange. So that indicates how a strong connection there is with international community and their, their departure actually makes a big uh, moral difference in Afghanistan. So I'm here in terms of the peace talks. We have had, uh, I mean, the peace talks still continue on and off. But uh, our, my hope when I first went there last year in September uh, was that we will be able to agree on a political settlement which will bring inclusion and stability, hopefully, and a government that Taliban could be one part of it. But there will be other groups, civil society, women, political community of Afghanistan. We will establish a political power sharing uh, government. So. But uh, from day one, I think there were uh, many factors that resulted in a very slow pace in the negotiations. And as a result, we now see um, enormous level of violence. Unfortunately, life is extremely difficult for people in Afghanistan. A lot of places are actually controlled by Taliban. And I'm hearing that in those places, serious human rights violations happen. There is active war in all over the provinces, I would say. Wow. Look, Fazia, you and I have known each other for for a long time and and I know that you've been working on a particular issue back in I think it was 2001 with your back to school campaign about girls education I'm just wondering for somebody who's been working on this for such a long time and has put herself on the line and her heart and soul into improving girls education in Afghanistan how does it feel now to think about what the return of the Taliban um, means for for girls Afghan girls in the future See, Lynn, I actually, uh, yes, you're right. We know each other for a very long time. I actually walked in so many of these difficult areas, mountainous areas, to help um, girls access school. I have supported construction of schools, you know, helped uh, with, work with Ministry of Education to hire female teachers. Unfortunately, it's so sad. It's actually heartbreaking to see that in those areas, girls cannot go anymore to school. To see in the areas that I actually walked under extremely difficult heat and cold seasons, now I can't see, I'm sorry, I got a little bit emotional. Now I, I am hearing that I cannot anymore go there and people there do not have access to any kind of social services and women and girls being already vulnerable are actually more vulnerable. So every morning when I wake up actually, and I, all of this actually crosses my mind and I cannot do much to change those lives. I don't want to really open my eyes in the morning. It's such a difficult times because yes, I have experience in my lifetime. I have experienced different regime changed. I experienced when you know, civil war, the Taliban came over, the Taliban were removed, new area, democracy, etc but I was not so engaged individually. So personally also it did not impact me to the level that it actually impacts me now. And I know it is very, very difficult for all of us who have actually invested our time 
our for in my case i also invested my blood in this country we're trying to see how we can change that's what i uh, why i actually you know came back to kabul um, in the midst of negotiations to see how we can impact to change one of the things about afghanistan that i'll never forget is the courage and the power of afghan women women like yourself and others who despite having the opportunities and the international connections and the possibilities to go elsewhere and have a different kind of life you stay you come back you i think your own daughter is studying in the united states but she's come back to afghanistan and you're still there fighting for a better future why do you do it well first of all because i think it's our country i mean if people like me decide to leave who will actually contribute to a positive life so i'm planning to stay in afghanistan for as long as i can if times become so difficult that i can even not breathe in my own house and cannot do much then of course i might decide otherwise at this stage at this moment along with my two daughters who are both you know young girls my fellow colleagues from the party my family my people we decided to stay here because i think the message of people like me leaving afghanistan will even have have a much more greater uh, moral impact demoralize the society and and people will question like you were in afghanistan under these nice times now you are leaving when the times are not nice and you leave us here when you, we need you more um so i'm here for a hope that uh, that we will be able to help the peace process expedite have a political arrangement that the warring parts in this parties in this case uh, the taliban leave the weapons silence their guns choose to uh, sort out their differences politically and um, do not pursue their dreams through a true military war because nobody will actually have a sustainable win even if taliban control kabul or all of afghanistan it is not going to be sustainable military has no winner so i with a hope that i will hopefully once again be able to travel to those villages to be able to establish school for those girls to be able to see those girls get to university and come to be asked for jobs with those those hopes and ambitions i continue to stay here in afghanistan there are a lot of questions about the international community's moral obligation to the people of afghanistan after the intervention and with an australian in australia we're also thinking after the australian military withdrawal what is our moral obligation and responsibility to support the future for afghanistan that we've been a part of in trying to help afghans build themselves do you have a message for the international community about how and what the international community could usefully do to support afghans across the country to support afghans like you to support the structures of governance in afghanistan now post the military withdrawal um well actually some of the uh, i must say earlier uh, that some of these um, messages we received from international countries actually are not um, promising while we owe so much from international community we know that you have actually been with us under very difficult situation you have helped afghanistan to stand on its feet in many ways you have supported institutions development you have supported constitution development you have supported the process of democracy uh, under which people of afghanistan have been in the full front especially the women of afghanistan have been in the full front of promoting democracy promoting 
human rights and uh, promoting a, a prosperous Afghanistan, you have stood always by, you know, side to side with us. We appreciate that. But uh, lately, we have been hearing some reports, some uh, offers, some talks about Afghan government with collapse, the Taliban might take over, the government might collapse in six months. These messages actually can impact our people. So everybody is listening to these messages. You know that now social media and media, people have access across Afghanistan. So when they hear report that Afghan government will collapse in six months time to Taliban, they think that this is right because these are these, most of these reports actually come from international credible organizations. And such messages actually gave a sense of demoralization, distrust, and uh, a sense of urgency to leave Afghanistan for many people. So now that your military has left, uh, your embassy is temporarily closed in Kabul, we hope that you will continue to bring your embassy back. We need you. Secondly, uh, we hope that you will continue to support financially the uh, institutions, especially education for girls, and make it a condition for the, for the government of Afghanistan or any sort of uh, possible power sharing that, that you're not going to fund them if they exclude 55% of the society, which are women. So they have to, every group, all the groups, including the government, the Taliban who are in the negotiation now, they must understand that they cannot sustain a govern, governing, they will face international legitimacy if they continue to, first of all, win militarily, second, do not commit to women's rights and human rights and uh, you know, democracy, and third, they should actually stop all these serious war crimes that they are doing now. So I think we need a message of solidarity, political support, like your messages make a big difference, your government, civil society, your academia. And then the, the, the funding, it has to be funding, uh, but also like you need to monitor it that it should be uh, conditions-based funding because once again, I don't want to continue to feel so powerless of not doing much to the people which are in high demand. And right now they are asking for, for support. And Fazia, that's, that's a fantastic message for the Australian government to hear. In terms specifically of support to the Afghan security forces, what, what is needed now? I have been talking to some of these forces since they left some of the areas in Badakhshan since I came to, from Doha. I know that unfortunately in many places they left their equipment and everything to the Taliban. So the Taliban are now much more powerful in terms of accessing to these resources. So I think, uh, first of all, the matter of morale, because when you continue to have your political support and your messages are coherent and in support, I think they will be moralized. That's what they need. I think then also they need, because they're so much dependent on foreign support, air support, I think they need. But um, above all, I mean, yes, air support, moral support, uh, machinery. But above all, I think it's time that, that all of us put our energy and our focus on using the leverage, political leverage, to bring Taliban to a meaningful negotiation. Because this war cannot last forever. They need to really respect the will of people. And especially after the withdrawal of international forces, the reason that they are fighting is, is finished. They don't, there is no jihad anymore. They are fighting against their own people. They were fighting because this Afghanistan, from their definition, was invaded. Not anymore. International community has left. Military presence has finished. In, in, in a week or so, it's going to completely finish. I think they have no, no other reasons to continue to fight their people. So they should not be given all the privileges as they have been receiving so far. The international community should use all the means to pressurize them for a meaningful 
and result-based negotiation. Thank you, Fazia. Last question. Of all of the things that you're going through and the country's experiencing at the moment, what gives you the most hope at the moment for the future of Afghanistan? Well, if you ask me, Lian, I'm uh, always a hopeful person. That's what keeps me being in Afghanistan and motivates me. But unfortunately, that level of hope is not there among the population. I receive all the negative vibes every day by peeping, uh, meeting people who actually want to leave Afghanistan. So my hope is that once again, uh, you know, we become a little bit more organized in the government because everything kind of very rapidly collapsed, unfortunately. So we actually remobilize ourselves and become a little bit more powerful uh, to have you know, the required power in the negotiation table to uh, agree on a political settlement, as I said before, and make Afghanistan a better place. There is no option. How many of us will leave Afghanistan? How many of us will have the offer of uh, being offered visa or as honorary citizenship to leave Afghanistan? How many of us? This country is such a beautiful, you have been here, such a beautiful country, enormously rich in potential um, resources. We have to use this. We have to use this and we can only use it when Afghanistan is in peace. In war, Taliban have experience of gaining in war, but they did not last. The, the government was unfortunately the host for many military extremists. We, we remember that Al-Qaeda used actually Afghanistan soil during Taliban to attack 11 September. So, so Taliban must realize that they cannot work in marginalization they, that the world will not accept them, the people of Afghanistan will not accept them. So they have to really understand this fact and work with the people of Afghanistan. Thank you, Fauzia. That was Fauzia Kufi, Afghan politician and peace negotiator. This interview was, of course, recorded in the days before the Taliban took control of Kabul. And I think it was particularly interesting to hear Fauzia speak about her view of the Taliban, where she says that the world will not accept them and the people of Afghanistan will not accept them. I think the coming days will, will be very telling in, in terms of what she said. Our next podcast will be with Dr. Seema Samar, the former head of the Afghan Independent Human Rights Commission and now UN official um, in New York. I hope you found this podcast interesting and that you're able to join us for the next.